Now, back to the heavy hitters. You know, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. On the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM. Well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. (laughs) What's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. (laughs) And InsideSTL.com. Welcome back to the Frank and Helen's Pizzeria Studios. Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, and Carly Schauber behind the microphones. John Giamatti Rudolph behind the dials. The Belmont Automotive phone line is available at 855-282-8255. The text line, 855-282-8255. But joining us right now on that very that very same Belmont Automotive phone line is our friend John. John, how are you, sir? What's on your mind? Hey, listen, that closing music when you were going to commercial or whatever, I didn't know you were doing that rap music, man. I'd rather, I'd rather your, your returning song was better than that closing song that you left to commercial. I mean, I couldn't stand that music. Did oh, you, you? No, I, I love that stuff, man. I, going, I, love, man. I love Camp Lowe. We yeah, got, I, we got to have some diversity. The only thing here, I can't listen to is country. That's the only thing you're going to lose me at. If you yeah. start playing country, then I'm out. Anything else, I'm oh, fine. Yeah. I'm sorry, Carly. Carly's <laughs> giving me this <laughs> look like. <laughs> no, I that. Well, that guy that you're talking, what's that, what's that artist's name that you're exiting to commercial? What was that guy's name? Uh, that was uh, Lucini by Camp, the, the name of the group is Camp Low. And that song's oh, old, too. Not on, oh, they must be on probation. They must have some free time. Okay. But anyway, what is this called? What is with the St. Louis mentality? They always want to sue the NFL. What, 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 is, what, what do you think they're going to get out now? They're going to get a locker? They're going to get a cookie this time? I mean, what do you expect they're going to get out of, uh, uh, you know, to quote the famous, uh, you know, What's the name? Uh, Don Rickles. You're going to get a cookie and leave me alone. But, you know, I understand. What, what, are, what are they going to get? When they got the team, they tried to sue the NFL, tagged the in because they said they prevented them from getting the team. Now they're upset they lose the team. What, what is it? What, what is this high bipolar well, they, mentality they have here with the NFL? I don't get it. They threatened I mean, to sue the NFL. They didn't sue. Yeah. Them. And that wasn't, I think Jay Nixon was the attorney general of the state of Missouri at the time, and he threatened to sue. Uh, this is the first time I can think of where a municipality has sued the NFL. Now, Al Davis sued the NFL many times. Uh, in fact, the last time was when he wanted to go back to Oakland, and the NFL didn't want him to do that, and he sued anyway and, and just said, uh, screw you, I'm moving the team, and he did that. Uh, yeah, I think- when they say, what, I'm sorry, but when St. Louis had the Rams, they sued the NFL again back then because uh, I, I think it was like 10 years ago they, tri- they tried suing the NFL back then when they had the Rams, and they said the NFL prevented them from tri- – from transferring over to St. Louis, so I don't stand with. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know what I don't know what you're talking I'm, about I'm there. Not, I'm not familiar with that. No, I'm not familiar I'm with talking, that one at all. I'm talking about when Paul Tagliabue, the previous commissioner, they sued the NFL ten years ago when Georgia Frontiero was the owner. They tried to sue the Rams. I mean, to sue the NFL then because they said that they were, they were trying to prevent the Rams from leaving LA to St. Louis. Okay, that was that was a ten years ago. That was back in 1995. Okay, well, whatever it was, I'm just saying. But you know, St. Louis Luck and suing NFL is like zero for one. Now they're going to be zero for two, so they'd wait no, for more I, money. There, there's a distinct difference between an organization suing the NFL and an actual municipality slash city, you know, body suing the NFL. And 
if Mike Florio, who is a licensed attorney, thinks they have a pretty good case, then they have a pretty good case. And I think they're not looking to – I think they're looking to settle out of court. I think this lawsuit is all organized to settle out of court, and they want the don't pay it off. That's what they want. They're like, oh, look. That's what it is. Okay, well, that makes sense. And by the way, uh, what, what is Dallas uh, love with uh, Ken Hitchcock? He's about 500 years old, and they still want to hire him. What are they going to get out of him? I, we have not talked about that tonight, We have not talked honesty. about that. I am. I was right, stunned. Thank- Thanks for, thanks for the call, John. Thanks, Brad. Uh, I am stunned that Ken Hitchcock is back in Dallas. I'm stunned that he's still in hockey. That too. I mean, <laughs> look, he he's a Hall of Famer. He's won a Stanley Cup. What is he, second or third all-time in wins, career wins? Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, he it's not like he's a bum coach. Yeah, but he just got basically ran out He did, and Lewis. here's another thing too. If you have a bunch of 20-year-olds – on your team, I'm not hiring a coach that's 40 years older than what the players. No, there's just too much of a generational gap, too much of a disconnect. He's way too old school. Yeah, that way too. too I mean, school. you always see people like that. They're more of a bench coach, like in baseball. We talked about this a little bit uh, last night, uh, Clay. You and I about how Mike Matheny he could benefit from hiring somebody like that, a bench oh, yeah. coach. Joe Torre had yeah, Don Zimmer had Dodd character. Zimmer, that type of guy. Yeah. Someone's gonna be like, you know what? You know, I'm thinking about bunting here, and they'd be like, no, don't bunt here because back in 1968 when we were playing the Pirates, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I could see maybe Ken Hitchcock would be something like, I don't know if there's such an animal in the NHL. I don't think there is. But I could see Ken Hitchcock maybe being beneficial when it comes to a position like that. But putting him as head coach and putting him in charge of a bunch of players who are a good forty years younger than what he is, I would not be a fan of. You think that was a kind of thing that that was the kind of model they had or wanted to try to go with with having Yo though under under Hitchcock, you know, kind of that same absolutely. Model. But look how that worked out. Look at <laughs> look what's going on in the NFL. Yeah, look at all the coaches that got hired. I mean, uh, uh, McVay in Los Angeles, he's thirty one years old. Right. I mean, he's five years older than I am. Yeah, he he's got he, he. There's probably a couple of players on that team that are only maybe a year or two younger. Yeah. than what he is. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I would go to that extreme. Right. But you're seeing that now in professional sports. They're not. You're not really going to the old coach. You're going more to the younger coach. Well, the GM. What is the GM of of the Coyotes? Is like how old? He, he's like less than 24 or something. He's crazy, crazy young. He, he can't be that young, there's, is he? There, Look that up, Giamatti. There, there's there's some, no, there is some the, the GM, GM of the Arizona, uh, the Arizona Coyotes is, is fresh G, out of there is some fresh GM, out of college? There is some GM in the NHL, I'm telling you, or some GM president, I'm telling you, that is super, super young. I'm telling you, look it up. I'm not crazy. Well, I, I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I know Theo Epstein isn't very old. Theo Theo's not that young. He looks like he's about 18. But, but Theo Epstein, I mean, it's not like he's in his 50s, though. Theo Epstein's probably like... In his uh, early early to mid forties, maybe. I think J- John Chica, uh GM of the Arizona Coyotes, twenty seven years old, two years older than me. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. He's a year older than me. I GM. Can't... He's a GM. Not only a coach, he's making the organizational decisions. Okay. Now, 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 I think that's a little ridiculous. Okay. To hire somebody that young to run your organization. But I mean, I would would imagine that I would rather have a coach that's going to be like in forties, fifties, that kind of range. What do you think, Carly? I mean, because these, I, these players are there. Uh, how old are you? 19. You're 19. Okay. So a lot of these players, they're a little bit older than what you are, not a whole lot older than what you are. I mean, if he was my coach, then I would trust the team's, you know, um, decision to make him coach or whatever. But I. But you'll be worried about that kind of disconnect, though. Like, you're not going to be able to relate to him really on any kind of level. No. Um, 
but really only time will tell. Everyone can predict something, what he's going to be doing, but I, I don't know. I, it's nothing against Kit Hitchcock personally. It's not like I yeah, hate the no. guy. I want to, I want him to do well in Dallas other than, when, other than when he's playing the Blues, but I'm just saying that I would – as an organization, I would never make that move. The timing, I think, of it all is is what is just most baffling to me because he, it's not like he's been out of another job for that long. Like that's I, true how, too. How are you, in Dallas, and not just calling up Doug Armstrong and just yeah. being like, "Yo, what what happened here, and how is this not going to happen with my organization?" And you don't think that Tarasenko knows a lot of players, oh, other players Dallas, in the NHL, on Dallas, like, and he's like. Uh yeah, get ready for some fun. Right, this ain't gonna work. What's up, GMI? Look at something you had to say. Now you now you're backing away from the microphone. I was just curious, what's like the average lifespan of a hockey player? Like, what age do they usually retire around? Well, he's Jeremiro <laughs> Yager. Yeah, Jeremiro Yager. Uh, Gordy Howe played until like I know he retired there for a little bit, and he came back for one game when he was like in his fifties. Yeah. Uh, Chris Chelios played for a long time too, but I mean, I'm just talking about average wise. You're the, I mean, the professional athletes, they're going to be in their, you know, early, mid-20s. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have people who are going to be in their mid-30s. Well, now you but you're guys, not going to have a whole lot of uh, players like that. Well, Just, now you guys, you, you're getting guys who are younger and younger coming into the game. You're getting that's guys true too. like look, Ovechkin and Crosby. Oh, yeah. Uh, look at, I mean, look at Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford looks like he's look like he's fresh out of high school. It's like right. he shaves with, with a pair of tweezers. Right. I mean, you're getting <laughs> these 18, 19-year-old kids who are coming in physically ready to play today's game. Who are not going to just be on the same mental, you know, capacity as a 65-year-old man no, in no. terms of the way the game is played. The games are not played the same way, no matter what sport you're in. So there's a generational gap in terms Big generational of, gap. Uh, of whatever sport you're playing in, and I think that's ultimately what did hitch in here in St. Louis. And time will only tell if it's going to work in Dallas. I want to talk about what's going on or in the NBA. The NBA is always good for a soap opera. That's the one reason why I like it. There's always good for a soap opera. And apparently LeBron James and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook aren't too fond of Steph Curry. They just don't like him. I'm not no one can really figure out why they don't like him, but they don't like him. And I think some of it is that I think some of it is the way he plays basketball. If you look at CP3 and if you look at uh, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, they're all kind of like get-to-the-rack kind of players. CP3 has a little bit more of a jump shot, but the rest of them get at the rim. Steph Curry's a jump shooter. And I think they kind of look at him as being a weaker player than what than what they are. Like They, they probably look at the way they play and be like, you know, we play with hard work and you're just making these ridiculous shots. So I don't think they respect his game at all. Absolutely not. It's, basketball is first off. The NBA is a bunch of full, is full of a bunch of prima donnas. I Big mean, time. I mean, it's just so. Don't even get me started on that. But for them to say that, oh, we work harder. You know, we're more. You know, I'm not big, saying they're saying. I'm just. That's just my philosophy. No, that, no, and I and you know, just going off. You know what you said that you know maybe the argument maybe that their argument is oh we work harder we get to the rack more you know we. We put in, you know, more effort, yada, yada, whatever. It is ludicrous. Steph Curry is working with the the gift and the talent that he is given. And by the way, he's doing it at an MVP caliber level, night in, night out. He's he's a shooter. He's, you know, he's a passer. He's a playmaker. He's not a guy that's going to get to the rack. So he's doing what he has been given 
and, and he's doing it at a phenomenal level. So if they're jealous of the fact that he's doing it well, whatever. I love this. You're gonna, <laughs> you're going to love this too. This is from 12up.com. According to Marcus Thompson II and John McIntyre of the big lead, stars like LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul all have a personal disdain for Curry because of his rapid rise to fame and playoff success. LeBron and Steph Curry were close before Steph challenged LeBron's status. Chris Paul and the entire Clippers hate Curry and his team for jumping past them in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, Russell Westbrook just flat out doesn't like the guy. That's a Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I don't feel like Russell Westbrook honestly likes anybody but Russell Westbrook. And honestly, Russell's just doing his own damn thing this year. So Beast, that, Beast Brook is becoming my favorite fine. player in the it, NBA. It's Brody. I love that guy. Just doing Brody things. Like he's probably just. Pissed. <laughs> I just don't like he, him. He's pissed that he lives in Oklahoma and has to just hang out in Oklahoma City of all places, and I, he's not New York or you know LA, whatever. And the, the whole LeBron Steph Curry thing about Steph Curry taking that mantle from LeBron as the NBA's best player, most popular player. I know there's a lot to that. Because Steph Curry suddenly was in every single commercial. I don't know about you, but like you'd go to a mall, you'd be out someplace, and all the kids are all running around in Steph Curry jerseys. Not too long ago, they were all uh, LeBron James Miami Heat jerseys. Now they're all wearing Steph Curry Golden State Warriors jerseys. That's who all the kids want to play like now. So I can understand why LeBron would be a little bit like that. And, and CP3 and the Clippers just play better basketball, right. man. If you're, you're the, the freaking Clippers, you've been bad forever. If you feel if you feel any type of remorse or sadness for the Clippers, just shut up because <laughs> the Clippers have never achieved anything great, and they probably never will with that cast of characters they have on that roster. As far as LeBron goes, he needs to be understanding of, look, you're one of the greatest players to ever pick up a basketball, and you're a future Hall of Famer, but you got to understand that, look, you took that jersey wearing, you know, idea that kids were running around, you know, in your jersey for the longest time, and now they're wearing Steph's jersey. Look, kids were once wearing Michael Jordan jerseys for the longest time too, and they were calling him the greatest ever. And now they, you know, and they were wearing your jerseys, and now they're wearing Steph jerseys. It's it's time to pass the torch, buddy. And the, but it's so tough for those guys to pass that torch, though. God, you're just making all those millions of dollars, and but, someone okay. else is wearing your jersey. Life is rough. Well, no, but I mean, okay, in 1992. When the Dream Team was practicing, and Magic Johnson said this is the greatest game that he's ever been a part of, and it was a practice with all the Dream Teamers, right? And Larry Bird at the time had a really bad back and wasn't playing much. So Larry Bird is laying on his stomach, uh, propped up on his elbows, trying to stretch out his back, watching a team led by Michael Jordan go up against a team led by Magic Johnson, and they're just basically just trading blows back and forth. And they're jawing at each other. It's my league. No, it's still my league. And Jim Jordan just took it over, and just do his team just dominated Magic Johnson's. And Jordan was just doing everything that Jordan does above, you know, above the rim, making shots. And Larry Bird finally shouted out, "It's his league. Let him have it!" <laughs> like Larry Bird's like, "Why are you fighting this? It's no longer yours, Magic. It's it's Jordan's time now. Quit fighting it." But these guys, they don't want to do it. They think they're going to be great forever. They think they're going to live forever. Look at all the players now. The talking, the how they can't stand the NBA the way it's played today. Look at Barkley. All those old timers. They hate Steph Curry. They hate the Golden State Warriors. They hated the Miami Heat when the big three got to got together down there on South Beach because that's not the way we did it. Well, yeah, but you could have if you would have. It's just the way it's the way sports and it's the way I mean it's the way the game of basketball is is revolutionizing. I mean it. It's the way the game is progressing. 
Um, and, and pro athletes, you know, probably just have a hard time dealing with that because if you're a superstar, you're used to having things the way you want them and you're used to the way to getting things the way that you want them your entire career. Um, you know, if LeBron really, really feels strongly about hating Steph Curry and, and not, you know, wanting to have other kids running around with their, you know, you know, his Jersey on, you know, their backs and step up and win a couple more rings and drop 35 a night and go out and get a you know, more triple doubles. Honestly, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think Steph Curry's game is more relatable to just to kids. Because Probably, I mean, well, I mean well, he's also got the most adorable kid in the world. Well, that too. But I mean, <laughs> like how LeBron plays and how Steph Curry play aren't the same thing. And if you're a kid, you can you, be five ten and shoot eighty threes a game. Exactly. 100%. You, you, you can do that. If you're a, if you're a little kid, you're not dunking on anybody. Right. Well, it, it it goes back to and you make an excellent point. Yeah, it it shows that yeah you can be that small you know scrawny white kid and you know for me it gave me hope for a while that I could jack up threes at any rec league game. <laughs> um, you know the, the game of basketball is changing. It, it's becoming more of hey you can have one skill set and be you know a three point shooter and. You know, you can make a career off that. JJ Redick has been in the league for how long now? You know, he's a pretty, he's a much better NBA player than I thought he was ever going he, he to be. He has been, but he's not a know, superstar, but he's a solid. The player. MO out of college was like, you know what? He can shoot threes, and that's about it. Now he's developed into a much better player, but you still have guys now who make a career off of just being a three-point specialist. And um, Steph Curry, you know, for a while was just, you know, he was a shooter, and his game obviously has developed. Clay Thompson is another guy who's a very sharp shooter. Um, but you know, LeBron just does it a different way and he's going to have to get used to it because the way the game is changing, um, you know, is it's not going to go away anytime soon. So LeBron and you know, these other guys would just do best to just kind of shut up and accept it. In the blink of an eye, it's already April. The weather starts to get a little better. A new college basketball champion is crowned. The boys are back at Bush Stadium, and someone gets fitted for a green, uh, a new green blazer. And, oh, yeah, Uncle Sam comes knocking on your door, hat in hand, wanting his cut of what you made last year. If you're lucky enough to get a refund, you got to worry about what to do with the money. Put it in savings, plan a vacation. How about how about putting that money towards a new car from Belmont Automotive in Troy, Missouri? They have a wide variety of new and used cars, financing for everyone. Plus, with Ryan Kimner and his great sales staff, you and your refund are in great hands. April, they are looking at big rebates on Dodge Chargers for Missouri customers only. A total of $5,000 off, which is the most in the history of the Dodge Charger. They are also looking to move six 2016 Ram pickups. That's all they have left, and they're $12,000 off. That's Bellman Automotive, 175 Turnbill Trail in Troy, Missouri. Give them a call at 636-462-3600, BellmanCDJR.com. Let's take a commercial break. Final segment of the night coming up next, right here on the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSCL.com, live from the Frank and Helen's Pizzeria Studios. <laughs> 